Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And I am the lawyer friend. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. So thinking about this now, like you did have your lower surgery 10 years ago. You started transition like what, 12 years ago? Over 13. 13. Almost 13. Yep. And before you started transition, you had the histo and you had top surgery. Well, the, well before I, you started medical transition. I, I consider the top surgery the start of my transition. Yes. Because I actually yes, yes. did that before I had before I started T. Yes, mm-hmm. that is correct. And of course, I had the histo, I think, a year or two before that for mm-hmm. actual med- medical reasons right. apart from transition. So that you don't consider that part of your... No, I, I would have had that done regardless. regardless. Right. Yeah. So starting at the top surgery, that would be about 13 years ago. Yeah, I to say that was May of 2010, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Right. I think that's correct yeah. because that was after we broke up and I had just met George. So, and you, you live in an even smaller town than Jess and I do, and you had to get creative about your top surgery. It was a little interesting because, of course, I was working at the time and, you know, I, like I said, it was this pre-T, so I didn't have like the voice changes or anything like that yet and uh, get an interest in cover anything. So, I just paid out of pocket, which actually simplified things in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I had a fantastic surgeon who's just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And and I just paid him the cash and he did it. And But he had not done that before. He had not done it before. He consulted with... Um, he had done enlargements, but not reductions and especially not he had gender type reductions. reductions. But he hadn't done like a gender type male reconstruction type. Gotcha. And so he consulted with somebody from the Bay Area. I don't think he ever said who it was exactly that he consulted with. But he's also, he's a hand surgeon, not just a cosmetic surgeon. And so he's very particular about nerve function and so you retain sensation 100 percent. okay and and very little scarring because it was essentially laparoscopic right Right. and so it just i'm I'm very happy with but you were also pretty small to begin with i was there wasn't a lot to have to deal with anyway right and i remember one of the things he remarked about after the surgery was that he was surprised at the amount of muscle that i built up in my chest which was more or less naturally occurring i think just from my general lifestyle of not even working out per se intentionally, but but anyway. It, but like doing all sorts of outdoorsing type things and all sorts of athletic type things and like right. Just being woodworking yeah. and things that require that upper body strength. And, right. Yeah. And rock climbing and yeah. know, things like that. And so anyway, it was, um, it all went off very easily, but it was, I was working full time at the time. I, in fact, I remember I had a big court case like three days after surgery. No, it was maybe a week after surgery, but still I had a binder and all of this stuff and, and I try to hide it as best I can in, under my suit jacket. Yep. In, in the other type of suit jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And it was crazy. And, you know, if it, I'm sure people noticed, but they were too polite to say anything. But yeah. Well, I mean, I always appreciate that myself. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a little bit wild that way. But um, then it was shortly after that that I started on tea. And then everyone's like, oh, do you have a cold? Like your voice yep. sounds different. Yes. And so we did that for a little while. And, you know, I worked it out with my boss and my office and all of that. And I sent letters to all of my clients and it was super awkward. At mm-hmm. first, but and you said you took a little time off. I took like oh a, yeah, you sent the letter just before hunting season. Yeah, so I I had a week <laughs> off to to go deer hunting or elk hunting, and so I fired it off right before I left. 
And of course, I'd already talked about all this with my supervisor and blah, 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 and had it sorted out within the office. And, you know, I talked to some of my clients, not all of them beforehand, so they weren't necessarily surprised. But then I then I took a, a week off and I came back and then, then I had another big court hearing as soon as I got back. <laughs> And so then, then it's, you know, in the other, the new suit jacket yep. and all of that. And um, fortunately that was in a different town. So yeah. I, it wasn't as awkward but, as well, it could have been. That told, like you were still transitioning on the job for a government agency in a fairly small town. Yes. And I, I am the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet, honest to God, in so many ways. But, well, yes, but. <laughs> but that, and that was one of them is, um, honestly, I couldn't have asked for it to go better than it did. Yeah. Yeah. It really did go amazingly well. And part of that is maybe because I work with a bunch of lawyers and they know better or they ought to, to <laughs> cause a bunch of problems. True. They know how much trouble they'll make for themselves. We have all defended those sexual harassment lawsuits and they suck. And, you know, being on the defense side really sucks. And so... So let's not do that. So let's not do that. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a, so it actually went a lot better than I ever could have asked. And even in a small town, and I mean, still things, things kind of happen that are, you know, awkward and weird because I mean, people know my parents from when I was a kid and And me from when I was a kid. And your dad runs a fairly well-known business in town. He's pretty well-known. In fact, we used to joke about him running for mayor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so there's, there's all of that, but it's. You know, one of the there's so many funny things that happen. Also, I mean, you could write a book just about the funny things that happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, for example, one of my clients who was one of my major clients that I was a little worried about telling all of this to. So, you know, we have this meeting and it's like all somber and serious at first, and then so then I tell him what is going on, and he stands up and he shakes my hand and he says, "Congratulations!" Wow, wow, that is great. That, that is that like, is the ideal outcome. Okay. <laughs> That's that's not what I was expecting, but great. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. So yeah. So it actually, like I said, it went better than I ever could have expected it to go because- It, it did. This was kind of in the beginning of when you know there was starting to be a little more awareness of trans issues, but nothing like how it is now. And your goal has always mm-hmm. been stealth. Right. And so in a way, it's it's like, well, we've talked about this before, the, the trans day of visibility- I actually have a lot of hangups with because I'm trying to be stealth. I'm like, I don't want to be visible. That's the very last thing I want. And, you know, in a small town, I never, mostly because I'm probably a dumbass, but I never really feared all that much for my physical safety. Mm-hmm. But I did mention that in my you know, email to my colleagues in the office and said, you know, basically, look, I understand. I didn't say this in the email, but I'm thinking to myself, I understand that you can't stop people from gossiping. They're going to gossip, but mm-hmm. I put it in my email anyway. I said, look, this is, you're going to know, everyone's going to see, so you need to know what's happening. And so I'm telling you what is happening, but this is still a very personal thing that please don't tell anybody, at least in part because of my own physical safety. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think female to male transitioners have it easy because going the other way, I mean, it's- um, Nobody's going to respect your wishes to do anything or not do anything. No. And it's- No. It's- um, Trans misogyny is a bitch. It's, uh, and just the, the risk- risk of physical harm is so much higher. I think, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So, so anyway, like I said, I, I'm the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. And you know, you're also a lawyer who has guns. So there's that. There is that. <laughs> yeah. That does help. 
The other element of living fairly stealth in a small town is dating. Yes, which I don't know. That's, as you know, I've never exactly been great at that anyway. Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's always been a challenge regardless, and it's like I signed up for OkCupid, and immediately I see profiles of people I used to work with. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's sort of awkward, and um, it's per per your advice, I put right in my profile that I am trans, which I had not done before. Because as a stealth male presenting as cis, we just get so tired of cis guys. I'm sorry. Most of them are assholes, and you just look the part. You look like a fuck ton of privilege, man. I look like an asshole? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) You look like all the other assholes. It's like I was telling our friend who is the partner of the logistics head for Gallifrey One, Mm -hmm. it's weird for us to look the same age as old people. Mm -hmm. And he was laughing. But it's the same thing, you know? It's like you look like an asshole. (laughs) And I mean, I know where your assholery is and what level of asshole you are and what kind of a decent person you actually are. Sometimes. Most of the time. But you look like the rest of them. And And if you don't put something out there specifying, I am not like the rest of them, you're going to get lumped in with the rest of them and swiped left like the rest of them. And that's that's true. And I used to try and put something sort of subtle in my... Profile narrative to the effect that I'm not like other guys or something like that, but most people either don't. They, get, it's they too don't subtle. believe you. No, yeah. if you uh, say uh, I'm not like other guys, so do all the other guys that's, say that's that. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of one of the funny things is because I you know, transitioned at work for a relatively large government agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a fair number of people who know about my transition. Right. Mm-hmm. And they must not have all gossiped as much as I expected they would because there's a lot of people who don't know mm-hmm. also. And I'm always surprised at that myself. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of an interesting um, interplay because you're not always sure who knows and who doesn't. Right. And um, I mean, obviously the people that were there at the time that I announced it all to them know that. But mm-hmm. so it's an interesting mix between people who already know and like I said, some and those are the folks who profiles I saw on. So I mean, they already know. So it's right. not, a big, not a big deal. But it's also like I said, you know, trans awareness now is much greater than it was before, and I do feel a little more comfortable putting that out there now than I would have when I first transitioned. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had the luxury, I guess, of you know, passing from practically day one, mm-hmm. or even before that. Even mm-hmm. before that, because when you came out to me, you were already out. Like doing other things, like as part of your real life test. I did the one year real life test thing to the extent I could. I couldn't do it at work, obviously, but I could do it the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did it. I mean, it was it was helpful for me. But it was also another element of your fuck ton of privilege. Yeah, that's a thing. Somebody's got to explain it to us, so at least you can do that. What's that? Your fuck ton of privilege. I don't know. I guess I was, because I was able to pass even before Mm T and all of that, I mean, it made it, it just made it so much easier. Yeah. That it was a lot smoother transition than I think a lot of people have. True. True. Um, But dating. (laughs) But dating. (laughs) You did put, you did finally get around to putting trans on your profile, but that's after like... 13 years. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And before that, you had sort of a situationship 
thing going on. Oh, with with my ex, that was a real relationship. That's actually probably one of the few real relationships I've ever had, to be perfectly okay. honest. And um, and you know that's where I was a super asshole, and I did not treat her as well as I should have. And um, that's one of actually the in the top probably three regrets of my entire life, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the other ones, but I won't make you list them on, on yeah, Mike. That, no, that's until <laughs> the statute of limitations runs, then I'm not saying anything about those other two. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I might know about them already then. <laughs> I think you already know one. I'm not sure. But, okay. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that off. off yes. <laughs> yes, we will. So, but that was, um, and that was one of the things is I don't know that I'll ever meet somebody who was as accepting of me being trans as she was like, and it wasn't like some kind of weird fetish or something that she had. It was she more, was comfortable. She actually was into me, believe it or not. That I can believe it. A miracle. And it didn't matter to her that I was trans. And in fact, later she's like, this is convenient. Like, it's not messy. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. There's like, no puddle. <laughs> There's no wet spot. She's like, I don't like that one can we get a, a smaller one yes, yes we can absolutely <laughs> that that is a convenient thing yeah i mean fair so it was like i said i don't know that i'll ever meet somebody like I, I don't think that's true i but think i think you will because i think there's a lot of people out there that are comfortable like she was will be comfortable with you i think it's a matter of putting yourself out there and going through that iterative process of dating that we've talked about so many times i don't want to i know you don't <laughs> But that's the thing. If you are willing to, you will find plenty of people who will find you incredibly attractive and like your body as it is and think that you are absolutely the best thing since sliced bread. Well, I'll need your help because... Oh, we've offered. We'll, we'll help you. I know. And that and that's the... Like I said, I've so I had the, the meta and I've, of course, looked at... Well, I shouldn't say I've read about having the whole phalloplasty and all of that until I look at the pictures and then I'm like, oh my God, like there's no way. Uh-uh. Well, and also, like you said, you know, you have to... You, you're concerned about messing up your arm. And, there, yeah, that's and the it, thing is I'm and not it, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The phalloplasty thing goes on and on. It takes well, over your life for a couple of years. It really, really like does. I, I was talking about it took longer than I thought to recover from the meta. It was a major surgery, and that's a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And oh, it like, totally is. You know what? I've already had my junk all rearranged. I'm not sure I want to do it again. No, you shouldn't. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there are like dozens of people out there, you know, and we've had this discussion numerous times before, just not on a microphone, that like, I prefer the small ones. I like not cis bodies. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of other people out there like me who will also find you attractive and like what you have and be happy. To- um, I mean, part of it, I think you're right. Part of it is I would like to have it. Honestly, okay, fair. But when it comes right down to it, I'm in my early 40s, going on my mid 40s. You'd like to have fallow. A bigger dick. Yeah, of course I would too, but I'm not going to all that trouble either. And I'm older than you. So there. So there. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going through all that trouble. Okay. Just think about how how hard it was not to jack off during that period of time. It was fucking hard. And then stretch it to three years. Oh, Literally, Jesus. haha. Sorry. <laughs> You're gonna be killing me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just wait. It's not worth it. To not get laid for that long. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I would hope you'd be able to do something, but never Okay, mind. you not... you realize who you're talking to yeah. about not getting laid for that long, right? Yeah. When well, when's, when did you break up with 
that woman. <laughs> yeah, this would be it would be difficult. And the other thing is the actual functionality. Yeah, it's questionable. Or, yeah, questionable at best, maybe. Yeah. Where at least now everything works, and I have full sensation, and I'm not sure I'm willing to risk that. Uh, that well, would be a huge. And wouldn't that suck? Oh my okay. god, no! It's like going blind. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and not only, yeah, it really would. be. Oh my god, fuck yes! And the other thing is going back to what you said before. Your girlfriend wouldn't be able to say, "I don't like that one. Can we get a smaller one?" Right. Like, nope. You'd be like, "No, man. This is what we got." Yeah. So, I mean, you could. Kind of, I guess, but yeah, but you know, you have gone through all that trouble, and and like you, like you both were just saying, losing sensation, which ne- never, you know, people retain sensation, but it's just such a long process, and that's things you never know if you're going to be that one unlucky person that does not that things go wrong. That- even if the mm-hmm. risk is like one in 10,000, I'm right. not taking that risk. Right. Nope. So that, that, that's, the, that's the other thing about it is I'm like, eh, that's just, mm. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I still do definitely have some dysphoria in that department, but it's, is it worth the risk and all of that? Probably, you might, probably you'll, not. You'll still have dysphoria. It'll just be different. Be it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. It'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll have the dysphoria over having the thing that looks like it was sewn on. Right. You know? And, you know, that's the other, like, cause I did consult with, when I had the meta, you know, I did consult with the doctor then and I, and I told him, I'm like, I'm not going to do the forearm thing. I can't risk losing the use of my hands or even just having that giant scar where it's so mm-hmm. visible. I'm not going to do that. No. And he kind of straight up told me in a very polite way is, okay, well, your other options are, you know, from, you know, the midsection or from your leg. He's like, well, it's going to look, re- he didn't say this, but I mean, this is what he said. I'm paraphrasing. Um, is It's going to look ridiculous because you're fairly skinny and you're going to have this giant fat dick that is going to be completely incongruous with your body type. And it's going to be like, it's going to look like you have a heart on all the time. And it's, but I mean, that's what you do with, if you can't do the right forearm thing. Mm-hmm. So, and he was saying that because taking the, the skin from the other spots would create that situation. Right. Because there, I guess yeah. there's more, it's thicker, there's more fat tissue that they end up using or they can't mm. scrape off or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly the mechanics of it. Right. But the that's the point is that it, it just wouldn't be, and he also said that it's getting full sensation and all that is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And it's not from your arm. Yeah. 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 That's why they're doing the arm now. Yeah. So it's been 10 years since you transitioned. Ten years in in a couple months, yeah. Well, and it's been ten years since I d- decided to pursue my medical transition. And at this point, ten years ago, I was chasing after the T. Yep. Mm-hmm. You were you were working on getting your letters and and an endo lined up and whatnot, trying to get somebody to give me the prescription. You know, and it's funny how in the beginning of your transition, it is like this all-consuming sort of quest to get all this shit done, and how difficult it is, and that's all you focus on. And then ten years later, you're like, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> At least that's how I feel. Yeah. About it. But I mean, in terms of we've talked about- Take it for the, granted now. Yeah. Well, we've talked about the trouble with even now still getting your prescription filled. And yes. All of, like it's way harder than it ought to be. Mm-hmm. And, but in the beginning, it's like, like I said, it's all consuming. That's all you can focus on mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And you're starting well, to see the changes happen and that's exciting. And when you can't get your prescription filled, it is sometimes all-consuming once again. That's true. Yes, yeah. because there are intermittent hormone shortages 
for all types of HRT over the past few years, pretty regularly, intermittent, but a few times a year for all kinds. And I think I told you my last uh, appointment with my endocrinologist, we talked about that and how frustrated I was. And he even said, he's like, yeah, it's um, he's like, you can get it at any gym, you know, and all of that. And, and I told him, I said, look, I, I actually thought about doing that because it's so hard to get. And then I, I was like, wait, wait, stop. I'm like, you're talking about doing something illegal, possibly losing your law license for something that you should be able to do legally. But mm-hmm. it's so fucking hard that you're looking at you know, oh, yeah. all of these really risky things yeah. instead. I'm like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Seriously, that's where we are. Yeah. And it's like, it, sh- it should be getting easier, not harder, you know, as trans issues become more mainstream, for lack of a better word, or whatever. Yeah, but then but, there's the, the backlash and the, uh, yeah, it's just been a nightmare. And at least, I don't know, I feel like, I thank God we're not in like Tennessee or Florida for that matter. Fuck. So I piss all over Florida in that sense. (laughs) (laughs) It it shouldn't be that hard, especially not here. No. I'm glad that he's aware, that the endocrinologist is aware that it's a problem. Mm -hmm. You guys have the same endo. Yeah. Right. Where else else are we going to go? Okay, fair. It's good. So it's good that he's aware of it. He knows this is a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of, you know, some doctors who aren't listening in so many ways and wouldn't listen in that way either. But that doesn't help you get your tea. No. So. Well, let me ask you this, George. So what have you learned in the 10 years since you transitioned that you wish you would have known beforehand? The first thing I learned was I should have done this a long time ago (laughs) because of how much more comfortable I was immediately. With the hormone change. So I think, I think that's it. You know, that's the main thing right there. And the same thing with the histo. I wish I had done that earlier and I will probably find the same thing with, with the meadow. Yeah. That I'll wish I have done, done it earlier mm-hmm. because there's, I look, I look back and I don't, it seems like somebody else's life mm-hmm. before transition. And it is. I mean, really in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was in some ways. So I was 30 when I transitioned, which it's in some ways that I think was good because, you know, by that time I was established in my career and I think I was well-respected in my office and you're old enough that people take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we both had that advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, because insurance didn't cover anything, I had saved enough money to actually make it feasible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had I done it earlier, I mean, it might have been nice, but I'm not sure that I would have been. Guess, it wouldn't have gone anywhere near as smoothly. No, it would not have in so many different ways. Right. You know, financially, professionally, you know, emotionally, I, I maybe wasn't 100% ready yet. Um, so, so the same question for you. What do you wish you had known? Or what have you learned that? So one of the things was, as you mentioned earlier, is I had a partial hysterectomy, and that's because I did it for medical reasons in the beginning where they left my ovaries in, and I should have had them removed at the time that I had the meta and all of that, and I didn't, which in retrospect was a mistake. I should I should have done all of that. I guess it's, like I said, you feel so much more comfortable, mm-hmm. which makes you wish that you had done it earlier, but mm-hmm. I guess I'm also thankful for having the financial professional security, etc. at the time that I did do it, so I don't know that I would necessarily advise anybody to, I mean, it's, it's such such a I mean, transition is hard. It's not easy. Yeah. And so if you're not secure financially, professionally, in your home life, whatever, I don't know that you know it would be advisable to undertake 
I mean, unless you're at that point where you kind of have to, but mm-hmm. which um, many people, a are. lot of people are, and, yeah. I, and I get that, but it just made it so much easier kind of having everything else. Because I remember, I mean, literally when I was, should I was 21 ish, 22. So eight to 10, you know, eight to nine years before I actually transitioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, I talked to a psychologist and, you know, I was going through some other stuff and I remember she was the first one that she, she asked me like literally point blank. She's like, have you ever felt like you should have been born as a man instead of as a woman. And I literally told her, yes, but oh God, I can't deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said, that's that's okay. That's okay. We don't have to deal with it right now. I'm sure that you are probably one of millions. I'm sure. Who yeah. had that exact same response yeah. and upon the, that realization. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it, there's, there's a... So I guess anyway, that's, it's, it, it worked out for me because I was in the right time at the right place and had other things squared away to where it made it a lot easier than it would have been otherwise. Right. I feel very thankful for that. I I feel like if I had done it sooner, I might not have lived as long because I was not as aware of my health Mm. and I wouldn't have taken as good care of my health. And then I probably would have died very young like my father did because I seem to have his genetic issues. And you've said numerous times that if you had been able to transition when you were really young, you probably just would have been that asshole again. I would have been an asshole. Yeah. Or if I had, you know, been born cis, I definitely would have just been another asshole in my family. Because you were it just changes. an asshole before transition. Uh, I'm still that asshole. So. <laughs> well, and yeah. you were that asshole before transition, yeah. so. It changes your perspective, especially for me living in a, a queer culture and a queer world that I relied on, that I gained from and, you know, hold dear to my heart. So it versus See, that's people who, yeah, people yeah. who have no idea why, why you would transition. And I've had people. I had a, a cishet lady ask me that I worked with for a while. She was like, so how do you know that you wanted to transition? And I'm like, how do you know you want to be a woman? And she's looking at me like, what do you mean? Yeah, it's, I, well, it's how do you know obvious, that? obvious, right? You, mm-hmm. do, you know that because why? Mm-hmm. And she really had to think about that um, to try to understand it. Right. But you were going to say something. No, I was going to say, it's interesting to me because, like you said, you had the queer community that you were very in touch with, which I mm-hmm. did not. No, you didn't. And so... It, this was, you know, a whole world, new world for me in a lot of mm-hmm. respects. And then when you did start transitioning or even before you transitioned, you were in touch with some online communities, but it was almost all narrowly tailored trans mask communities. Right. right. It was not the broader kind of LGBT community, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've never, I don't do pride parades and, you know, and stuff like that. Never. Right. And it's, I, so I, but it's you just don't relate to that. Not, I guess not. Not really. But it's also because I have never really been part of it or exposed to it mm-hmm. either. And you know, like you said, growing up in a fairly small, fairly conservative town, you know, you have to kind of. You go didn't out have of, a lot of drag shows to go to or anything. We huh? did not have any drag shows. Not any. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah. Yeah. There were no gay bars in your small town. There were not. No. No, you would have had to drive into the big city. Yeah. And even, big city. Yeah, even then, they were, I think, few and far between, and you took a risk by going there, was my impression. I could be wrong about that, but that was the gist I got. Uh, and that could have when, been... When did, you, when did you move to our... Metropolis. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like the mechanic calls my my car. Small city. <laughs> yeah. The metropolis. When did you move to our small city? Uh, almost twenty five years ago. Okay, so that would have been late nineties, early aughts. Yeah. 
So that would have been when you were in undergrad here in the same town. Right, which I was working for a defense contractor at the time. But I was not going to a lot of queer bars here. I did go to a few with folks I knew here. But before that, I lived in San Francisco. Okay. So completely different. And before that, I lived, you know, other places that were actual cities. And... um, (laughs) Had drag and had gay bars and had all kinds of queer stuff, including like a queer Elanon. Yeah, so I made a lot of friends there way back in Chicago when I was very young. Mm-hmm. And we go to do other queer things. But the reason I ask is to evaluate his statement about how safe it was to be out and queer and going and doing the nightlife thing in that time in the late 90s, early aughts. It was safer than your small town was explaining to you because my then partner was out in high school mm-hmm. and it was known to be very queer there and they were on the student council and those kids would drive to the Bay Area all the time and go party and they would get into the bars here mm-hmm. and just to go dancing. Because mm-hmm. um, the queer bars all had the better dancing. And they, they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. So I think there's always some danger in just being a queer in a queer space or going to, you know, to and from, you can be targeted. Right. There is that. But the amount of it, I think, was over... Uh, over-exaggerated? It was exaggerated. I think... And over-exaggerated. Over-exaggerated. Yes. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I think that now that we're currently seeing the backlash to LGBTQ civil rights, it is almost more dangerous now than it was right. when you and I were at the same time in the late 90s, early aughts when we were in undergrad. Yeah, that's and even when I transitioned almost 13 years ago, I mean, that was almost sort of the sweet spot. And it it kind of was. It was becoming yeah. visible, but it wasn't so visible that like when I was doing my quote unquote real life experience before I'd started tea. Nobody, was, nobody. Clocked you. Yeah, nobody, because it was not in the popular consciousness for people right. to be like, oh, wait, wait a minute. You're one of them, they're trans people, right? Uh, like, like that, that just wasn't within people's yeah. you know, consciousness yeah. at the time. Yeah. And so it was, I'm sure a lot of people thought that I'm some gay guy or awfully feminine or whatever. What was interesting, I guess, is for the most part, they all still treated me as a guy. Uh Uh-huh. And there was the, I mean, they gave, like, so when I did start tea, like I had a couple episodes where my voice would crack and stuff like that. And did they make fun of me? Absolutely. They totally did. Did they make fun of me trying to back up a trailer? Absolutely. They totally did. But then they taught me how. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And if I, walking in like that, had backed up the trailer... They would just say, get out, let me do it. Right. Or let you do it wrong over and over again. Yep. And left you do it. Yep. Yeah. Or been absolutely amazed that I could do it and then just be like, oh, I guess she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, which... It goes back to the whole male privilege thing, which there's nothing like transitioning to make you understand that that is a thing. The the uh, assumption of competence. The accept, assumption of competency. fuck. Yeah. They, they, everybody assumes you can do it until you demonstrate that you can't. Yes. <laughs> and and, then and nobody assume assumes that I can do shit. Yeah. And then they still assume you can do it and you just need to be... You needed a little coaching. Yeah. That's all. You just needed some information. And, and they might give you some good-hearted ribbing about it first, but then they'll teach you how to do it. And mm-hmm. yeah. And and meanwhile, I have to demonstrate 15 to 20 times before they believe that it wasn't just a fluke. Right. So, yeah, it, it is a it is a thing. Yeah. I'm not as angry about this as I used to be, but it's still exasperating. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
And I, I don't know, it's just, like I said, there's so many funny things that, and some of them are funny, some of them are sort of sad and funny, but it's like... Coping humor is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big guy, obviously. You are 5'4", and what? 5'5". Five, 5'5". Five. Five, five. Thank you very much. You're, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> you are an inch taller than my husband, thank you. And, uh, and about 145 pounds. Uh-huh, and mostly so, muscle, so... But it's like I, you know, walk down slim the side... Slim and dense. Walk... Dense. <laughs> I walk down the sidewalk and you see women go to the other side. Uh-huh. You know? And, you know, all the things that I was taught as a woman to do. You see them doing. You see them doing. In response to your presence response now. To me. That's right. Yes. And that's a very kind of weird. It is. Thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a thing. It and is. I'm, well, and it is. where like, it comes from. One of the things uh, recently when we were in L.A., we were hanging out with this very young queer woman who we called our adopted queer con daughter. Con daughter? Yeah. Well, con- okay. So when you go to conventions, you have. Have oh, con friends, gotcha. who are the people who you have this family reunion with every year. But otherwise, you know, you may have one or two Twitter engagements with a year, or one okay, or two gotcha. Facebook engagements with a year. But then, like for four days, your besties, you're hanging out, you're going out drinking together, you hang out together, you do all the things together. So con daughter, our con daughter gotcha. was this person that we sort of adopted at the convention okay. because she was like our kids' age, mm-hmm. you know. But took her under your wing. The thing is, the first night that we were there her hotel, she wasn't at our hotel yet. She was going to move to it in the morning, but she had a hotel like a block away and I was super drunk. No way. I would actually like to see you super drunk. Okay. I don't know that I've ever seen I'll you. show you the bottle of tequila, what was left of it. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. About this. He, he bought a bottle of tequila. You took it down yourself? And in in four days, it was down to here. I only drank three of those days, so. So, <laughs> so this young girl who's taller than me, but she She's a girl. Has to go back to her hotel, and she's from a small town. I'm like, she's, okay. She's talking about the things like you were just saying mm-hmm. about how she's going to make sure that she is attending to her own safety before she walks back. Right. And I said, I can walk you because they, anybody just looks at me and they're yeah. going to leave her alone because right. I'm there. And I was walking, thinking, I think I can walk. Yeah. <laughs> As you're staggering around, <laughs> and she didn't care because I was there, and that made her safer. Yeah. And so we. Yeah. Being drunk might have even been because then you'd fight that guy, right? Oh, and, god, yeah, yeah, they don't know because you know, guys are unpredictable like that, yeah. So, and that's where I'm again the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet is because I did so many things well, as a woman that you should not do that it's probably a miracle I never got murdered, raped, etc. in the process, you know, especially in the particularly dangerous town I lived in for a little while, yeah. Um, because I acted like a guy. Yes, and that's a big thing. Like, I mean, you had a fairly butch presentation. Even when you had long hair, you still had a fairly butch presentation and fairly masculine mannerisms. And I'd walk around at night by myself in, in a hoodie. Where nobody fucking and nobody could. Well, and the thing is, themselves. because <laughs> you had a muscular build even then, <laughs> and you had you were able to tuck your hair under your hoodie, and nobody would even take a second look at you. So many people got just got mugged. It's a miracle I didn't even just. Get mugged, but yeah, it was. Um, I, yeah. I did a lot of dangerous things that were, yeah, probably 
you you wouldn't have i guess that i guess that's one of the weird pre-transitions things is when you think of yourself as male you go and do these dumb things that could or should get you in a lot of trouble as a female but again lucky son of a bitch on the planet it never happened it certainly could have. well and and the likelihood of anybody bothering that young woman on that very short walk probably was low very but, low but but considering where she was from and that i could just do that and it would help Mm-hmm. You know, it's so weird. It is fucking but weird. But I was like, oh, you can't go by yourself. Well, you could go by yourself, but you don't need to because yeah. I can do that. Right. Yes, you can. And nobody's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. You're just a little old man. Nobody wants to bother, but little no, old man. Old nobody's going to bother little old man. I love my little old man. <laughs> you guys are so cute. We try. Do you have to try? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so... We will definitely come back to all of this, but for now, is that it? I think that's it. I think so. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. And I think we have our episode title. I peed all over Florida. <laughs> it's great. We might find a better episode title later. We'll see. No. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> because we are the dick talking friends. Yes. There we go. You're, We're... So, you're so good. I don't need any more. And you, you, you said there might be a better title. <laughs> I told you. Uh, uh, um, okay, so back to dicks. Yes. <laughs> You've been kind of having fun with it because you're like, can I say this on the microphone? Is it okay to say? You can, and you might have to edit it. I might. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to say. That's why. <laughs> can you say it on the microphone? Yes. Will I have wanted you to? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh.